they are back. Out of the darkness cometh light. Welcome to the new look ENS Wolves podcast with Joe Edwards, Rosie Swarbrick, Steve Bull, and your host, Nathan Judah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is the ENS Wolves podcast. It's episode 136, and do not alter your listening device. This is not Nathan Judah. Unfortunately, Nathan Judah is uh, is headed stateside, so you're going to have to put up with me, Luke Hatfield, your host today. Alongside me, as ever, the man in the know regarding Wolves, Mr. Joe Edwards. Joe. Uh, Hello? You're you're right, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a rare appearance on the ENS Wolves podcast for me. Yeah, of course, but it's it's good to have you here, mate. Um, we obviously frequented Bratislava. We did together uh, last month. We're off to Braga in a couple of days as well. Yeah. So um, and we're here to do the podcast. So it's Wolves, Wolves, Wolves for you for these next few days, mate. That's it. This next week or so, because I'm there for Sheffield United as well. Believe it or not. Uh, uh, you, you get to see two wins, that's fantastic. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, a busy old weekend for you? Busy old weekend. Um, obviously going to Bournemouth, best part of eight hours in the car, and then getting to the uh, match, of course, which was which was a delight. The, mm. the, the first half was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, best I've seen Wolves for quite a long while, to be honest with you. Uh, second half wasn't quite up to that billing, but mm. um, Wolves got the the job done. Three points in the bag, and then just as I'm uh, on the way, I'm in the car, take a bit of a detour, stop off at the services, and uh, and in four stoppage, and in four stoppage, Shamatinio's um, new contract uh, being announced, yes. and um, now Wolves kept this one under wraps. Um, obviously, he was asked about it on Friday, and mm-hmm. now said. Um, don't worry, it will get sorted. Obviously, knowing <laughs> yeah. it had been signed. Um, so, yeah, fantastic news to have Matinho still around at the club, you know, until 2022. He was he was immense on Saturday. You know, it was a kind of a pinch-yourself moment. God, we've got this player at the club, mm. and he's going to be here for a few more years yet. So, that's uh, brilliant, brilliant news. Playing like a man who just signed a new deal, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and he... He just well, he plays with vigor and intensity. Every time he steps out there, had you not known he was thirty-three, you'd never suspect he was because mm. the distance he covers, the tackles he makes. Um, he's, he won a few headers even at Bournemouth the other day. He won three headers, and that, for someone who's five foot seven, yeah. <laughs> it's not something you didn't necessarily associate with him. Um, but he's he's been magnificent. It was a all round masterclass from him. The free kick was just was just on another level. Yeah, it was something it, else that was. Yeah, it's it just it, you know only, only a certain percentage of players can execute that. Mm. And um, Matinho was top draw, so he could do it. And um, so yeah, my weekend wise, most of it was spent doing that. And then uh, Sunday went to Birmingham. Oh right, okay. Do you have a market for you? No, no. Um, done a bit of Christmas shopping for uh, the missus's. Um, Bra- s- that is a brave move. Lit missus' little sister, um, and it was busy. Yeah, like proper, proper busy. Um, but got through it. Went to the uh, Kitty Cafe oh, in Grand yeah, Central. I've, I've heard about this. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
mean, I've got cats anyway, so for me, it wasn't like the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it was nice. Um, you're just having a, you know, a bite to eat, a cup of coffee, whatever, and you got cats coming and wanting a bit of fuss. So who can complain? Brave move going into Birmingham city centre and coming up to Christmas. Yeah, it was brave, but like we was on about taking. Um, Taking her somewhere to do a to do a Christmas shopping, um, and the initial suggestion was Cheshire Oaks, Ooh. and you'll know that's a bit of a drive. A little at, bit after doing eight hours in the car on Saturday, so I managed to kind of talk them down. Got it to Birmingham. Got when it went upon the train. So, all oh, right, okay. So while it was busy, it was bearable. The fact that you had, you were ended your sentence when describing it as in I got through it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yeah. sell a shopping trip to me, to be yeah, honest. That, that Primark in Birmingham, if any of the listeners have ever been there, it's it's possibly the worst place I've ever been to. Um, <laughs> and this is a guy who, who, who's, who's been to plenty of grounds in non-league, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's awful. It's awful. It, it is just pure pandemonium. I remember the first time I went there, and... Um, People were crying as they walked in, <laughs> overcome with emotion, filming themselves on the phones, vlogging or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were like in tears that they were at the biggest Primark in Europe or whatever it is. Is it the biggest Primark in the world? Something like that. What I know is it's absolute atrocity to be in there. You, it's just it's just heaving with people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If you're a bit tired and whatever, which I was on Sunday, then pff, it's an absolute disaster. This is the thing as well. I don't know about you, but when I'm shopping, I, I get dragged around shops. I do. I'm not. I'm more of your online shopper. If I'm going yeah, into yeah. a shop, if I'm going into shop, I know what I want. I go and get it and I pay for it. Yeah. But in, when you're in Primark, I mean, I've been there before and people are dragging me around. You end up just kind of like sitting there waiting and then inevitably mm. someone wants to try something on and there's like 12 people waiting for the changing rooms it's just it's just an ordeal yeah it's it, it's rubbish so my my advice to anyone there if you're desperate to go don't yeah there you go <laughs> don't go <laughs> shall we get on to the game shall yes, we yes of course Wolves 2, Bournemouth 1. Um, the good form continues after the international break. I've got five talking points, Joe. Five yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, 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 the yeah. first one, kind of touched on it already, Magic Matinho. Um, is there a keeper in the league that can save that free kick? I don't think so. Um, it was literally pinpoint pre- precision. I think Conor Cody uh, suggested afterwards, a bit tongue-in-cheek, that uh, it was across all day long. I don't think it was. I think he was aiming for it. I think he was aiming for it. Um, From such an acute angle as well, uh, to kind of step up and and just find the spot perfectly, he really has. Um, I mean, Aaron Ramsdale isn't the most experienced of of, of keepers in the Premier League, but he he could have been David De Gea, could have been Edison, Alisson. I don't think any Mm. of them uh, would have saved. It was... I mean, you're running out of superlatives to to describe it because it really was that good. And, Mm. And... as was Matinho's performance as a whole. Um, we, we've we've not been short of uh, top level performances from him since he's come in for just five million. And I say just five million. Obviously, that's a massive amount of money. But given how the market is these yeah, days, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's been such a bargain uh, buy in the transfer market in world football. I'd say in the, in the past few years, I really mm. wouldn't. You know, you're looking at five million, and what what you're getting for your investment, you, 
he, he genuinely is top level and at, would he, if he was a few inches taller and if he was 27, 28, I think people would be recognising him as a world-class player yeah. and he wouldn't be playing for Wolves, he'd be playing for uh, Manchester City or a Real Madrid or a Barcelona. He really is the, that talented of a footballer and he's mm. got the work rate to boot. Um, but whichever way, Wolves have got him. They're lucky to have him, and he's happy at Wolves as well. So it's a win-win. He, he really was um, top level on uh, on Saturday. It was a fantastic performance. I'm going to drop this question on you. Where does it rank in your live free kicks viewed? It's probably it's probably at the top. I think mm. just about at the top. Um, it's a bit of a random story, but I've got a Spurs supporting mate and. Um, me and him went to watch Spurs at Swansea a few years back. Interesting. It was like a proper expensive day. This was before they introduced the away ticket cap oh, yeah, in the yeah, Premier yeah. League. So it was like 45 quid a ticket, Oof. 55 quid on the train, and all your rest on your beer or whatever. So I probably spent about 150 quid for a day out following <laughs> yeah. a team I don't even support. So yeah. in hindsight, I don't know why I did it. Um, but Christian Eriksen scored this free kick at Swansea, and at the time... In real time, I was behind the goal. I thought that is that is magical. Like mm. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that he'd scored it. And first thing, match of the day. Later on, I thought Fabianski's got to be saving that. <laughs> so it was one of those which looked so much better in real time. But um, having watched Matinho's back on the telly as well, it's uh, just as good. It gets better every time. You see yeah. it's that uh, old cliche. It's proper top bins, isn't it? Yeah, proper, proper, proper. Can't can't be that kind of free kick. Was it better than his strike against United? Uh, so he doesn't score many for no, Wolves, he's, does he? He's when, he, scored, when he does score them, they're special. Yeah, he's only scored those two. Um, because of the the pomp and circumstance around it, you'd probably just say the United one. Mm. I always like a crossbar in as well. Yeah, it always looked yeah, pretty yeah. nice, didn't it? Um, and the fact that it was kind of a statement uh, result from Wolves at the time, going to Old Trafford and picking up a draw. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that, that probably will be the one that sticks out for fans more so. But... Um, that's not taking anything away from the free kick because it was uh, it was amazing. Special, special goal. Second point, tremendous Traore. New haircut. Still just as good though, isn't he? Yeah. He, I, was, I was kind of in debate um, with Rousey and Nathan before the game whether he that was actually his hair or whether it was a bit of an extension mm. job. Mm. Um Rousey seemed to think that he's been growing his hair out so he can do that specifically. Yeah. So, I'll go, not, I'll, I'll I'll go with her expertise this time. I think I'm no expert. No, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, but he, he was he was he was right at it as he has been so often this season. Um, but um, Diego Rico apparently has been one of Bournemouth's better players this season. It kind of came out of nowhere. I had him on toast all game. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, the only time Rico ever kind of got a holding of him was when he kicked him mm. uh, to the floor quite cynically and uh, I mean I said it in my uh, debrief as well it must be noted that the Bournemouth they're a dirty bunch yeah 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 they, they really are um, you know they try the best to, to ride it and oh, oh, oh throw my hands up I didn't mean to touch him all this kind of stuff mm. but he, it weren't just Rico it was 
Billing was doing it in the in the first half. Yeah. Lewis Cook did it a few times. Uh, I mean, Francis did it and obviously got sent off yeah. because he was, <laughs> you know, as cynical as it gets, and he didn't get away with it. But um, th- yeah, they're a dirty bunch. They really are. I mean, they, they come across as as quite innocent, but uh, you have to be careful. I mean, anybody coming up against them will find out that uh, you know they, they play some dirty tricks mm. and um, they'll happily kick you down and if you kick them they'll try and make the most of it and dive or Adam Smith did did it a few times like mm. diving anticipating a touch yeah. or anticipating someone to at least go near him mm. and then no one did so then he made himself look ridi- foolish, ridiculous yeah. to be honest um, but the the ref didn't really punish, punish him for that so um, yeah Bournemouth Tried a few tr- tricks, few dirty tricks, but Wolves is a uh, class uh, prevail. That's becoming an ever, ever increasingly popular tactic that for Traore, and it's always been one which I think teams have done because when he was at Borough, um, there were times when people double up on him. Yeah, and it, yeah. Would, it would slow him down a little bit. You can't really afford to do that in the Premier no, League so no. much because there's so much quality around the pitch elsewhere. So they're kind of resorting to that with him, but. He stood up to it, hasn't he? Yeah, that, that's, that's one thing you got to say about him. Um, I mean, you could say a lot of good things about him this season, but the the there's no there's never no moaning. Um, mm. He's he's never you know throwing his weight around and saying and complaining to refs. Um, I think we've seen it with wingers in the past. Um, the, the example that sticks out to me is Wolf Sahar yeah. at, at Palace, where he will get unfairly treated. But he will give the referees jip, and mm. then other times he'll go down quite easily. And he got kind of maybe unfairly at times brandished as a bit of a diver. Yeah. Um, but Traore, there's no, he's kind of left no room for that assumption to be mm. made because um, he just gets up and gets on with it and yeah. carries on going and carries on going and uh, uses his skill as well as his speed to, to, to better his opponents. It's not it's not just flat out pace these days. Um, he, he has got end product to boot, got the assist for, for him and as his goal, and mm-hmm. uh, he's going from strength to strength, so uh, well done to him. I was just going to say that, the end product as well. I mean, a lot of the time last season, I think when he was played through on that right-hand side, it was a really smart free-kick routine as well from Wolves. I think he would have just blazed that across goal and kind of hoped that someone gets on the end of it. You could see when he played it, he he was anticipating him and as reading that ball, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and uh, as you say, last season it was kind of it was big touch past past his man, um, almost like a kind of a sandwich pitching wedge type <laughs> of approach. That I'll stick it up at the far post and see who can get an head mm. on it, and it did work sometimes. But um, he's mixed up his game a lot more now. He's dr- drilling balls across goal. He's he's cu- he's uh, having a look up, cutting it back to the edge of the box, and things like that. It's um, I mean, it's not rocket science per se, mm. but it's. It's a, a definite improvement that he's made, and uh, it's just a, the the simple things which he's doing a lot better that have made him such a more well-rounded player and mm. made big strides in his game. And uh, yeah, just saw Jimenez making that run, drilled it across goal, and all it all it needed was a touch, and uh, Jimenez happily supplied it. Tell you what, um, it didn't seem like a player coming who just pulled out of the Spain squad with a no. with a minor injury. Did he? No, he didn't. So there was no signs of any hamstring trouble at all. Um, I mean, that's not to say that he didn't have it. But, you do uh, worry about that with someone like Traore. Though, yeah, I mean, he's, his hamstrings and his calves, his legs are, are so big. Mm. <laughs> they really are. That that They are, you know, so muscular. Um, 
trying not to sound too creepy uh, <laughs> here, but but they are that the, he he really is a physical uh, specimen, and and you do wonder if if he did have something like that, what the impact impact of it would be. But um, you know, fing- fingers crossed, he's gonna he's gonna stay a okay. Yeah, and I'm sure Wolves' medical stuff are all over this, but the amount of pressure that he puts on his body when he is going full full tilt, yeah, you've got to be you've got to be. I would say 100%. You've got to be you know running well. Yeah. You know, you can't risk him, can you if you've got a, you no. some players you think if they're kind of canter through a game like almost a player like a Berbatov for example, yeah, you, yeah. you never really broke out into a sprint. You think if he's carrying something, he'll be all right because yeah. he's not going to put his body under that much stress, but with Traore it's and I know he's managing his speed and I mean you saw it for the goal. I don't think he actually broke into a full on sprint, but he's, no. he he did that thing where he jogs and he's still going quicker than a sprinting player beside him. Um, but yeah, you've got to, you've got to be right. You can't risk someone like Trey right because of the amount of pressure he puts his body under. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I think that's um, that was the case with him not going away with Spain. It wasn't anything particularly severe, or even obviously it didn't keep him out of this this uh, this, this game for Wolves. But um, any any little thing that could be mm. um, a problem, then don't risk him. Uh, and, and 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 that's fair enough. Wolves do a lot of. Analysis uh, of players, or where all wear them trackers. Mm. They, uh, if you ever see the um, kind of the, the bit sticking out on the back yeah, of the shirts, yeah. it's the, these these GPS kind of vests that they wear, which kind of tracks how much they've ran and the intensity of the running. And if if somebody is if somebody has done so much high intensity sprints, mm. it tends to flag up red yeah. uh, players being in the red zone or something. So I assume that's why. Uh, Traore was left out he'd, he'd done so many high intensity running over such a short space of time that uh, sending him to Spain would have uh, increased the risk of injury so that's probably why he was kept back mm. next point uh, the fabulous first half um, is that the best first half you've seen from Wolves yeah in quite a while uh, and that's saying something because of I mean they were fabulous against Villa they just didn't put the ball away yeah exactly exactly. No, that's kind of been the, it's been a bit of a theme for Wolves that they haven't really put it together for a full for a full 90 because mm. the trend for a few weeks was um, poor first halves much better seconds this was yeah. the reverse of that uh, it wasn't a poor second half but it was a mu- it was still a much better didn't hit the heights th- of the first yeah, half much better first half than the second um, and, that, and that, that's something to to kind of have a bit of a look at and, and, and see you know what what is the reason behind that perhaps but mm. um, at the end of the day Wolves are out on beat and fifth in the Premier League so it's uh, nothing to uh, spend too much time panicking over Yeah certainly and you've got to remember you know you, it's not just about Wolves' performance it's about the opposition you're coming up against so you saw it with Villa uh, you saw it with Bournemouth despite Bournemouth having 10 men they're going to make tactical switches to try and negate Wolves aren't they? So. Yeah and the lads who came on for Bournemouth both did a good job mm. uh, that Dan Juma I mean I'd, I'd never ever seen him play before mm. uh, that game and he was really good Horrific finish at the end, Mike. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, T- terrible kind of. Uh, yeah, he's got to work on his shooting, but his footwork is uh, is very nice. Mm. Um, and Lerma in the middle of the park. I mean, he kind of you talk talk about Bournemouth making the most of fells and and uh, trying to be a bit dirty. He's uh, a bit themselves. of a bully boy, isn't he? He he's he kind of he's the epitome of that, really. Yeah. But um, he's a player that you'd want in your team. So. Uh, yeah, he came in at our time as well, and no made a difference. And you often see, didn't you? Strangely, that teams play better with ten men, mm. and uh, that was the case with Bournemouth. But um, Wolves were able to see it through. Yep. Uh, next point, silly Simon. Um, 
<laughs> I've gone with a lot of alliteration. Today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Simon Francis. I mean, what's he thinking? Oh, I don't know. He's 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 obviously for well. Jot has got the beating of me. He's trying to be in a bit clever. Um, Jot, I mean, Jot does the right thing. If you feel if you're a forward and you feel someone grab oh, you like that, go down oh, straight away because it's, yeah. it's a stonewall yellow card. Yeah, big time. And I mean the the. I mean, that was a Stalmore yellow card. And the first one was a Stalmore yellow card. I mean, he could have even got a red for that, yeah, really. Yeah, it was a nasty challenge. To be honest, he was just... I mean, you talk about being late. He was... He was, wasn't even in the bloody same time frame as him. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was ridiculous. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, to be honest, it, on another day, I think he could have got a red for that first one. So, mm. um, yeah, he got his sending off in the end. And uh, it was an example of Jota... Just out in his marker, and uh, the goal didn't come for him. Uh, of course, had that one uh, flagged up, flagged for offside, which really didn't look offside at all. I mean, what, it was a very strange one because you, you've, we've been told that the assistants have been told not to flag when there's yeah, any kind of debate and let VAR clear it up. But then he did flag. And it, I mean, judging by the replays, he's yeah, it's um, it's a pretty poor one. Yeah, you'd think with VAR and even though how, how uh, bad it's been that these kind of mistakes would not happen, but it, it has. Oh, in the end, it hasn't cost Wolves anything. But uh, yeah, it is a bit frustrating. Mm, and as you said, the red card it hindered Wolves a little bit. It did. It did. Um, Bournemouth did look a lot better for it, and um, it didn't look like it was eleven against ten. Um, Sometimes in in that second half, he, he, you know, Bournemouth were, you know, in the ascendancy and um, for, forced to save from uh, Patricio towards the end. Nathan Ake did, and it was a good, good save. save. Yeah, really good save. I mean, you could say it was um, quite close to him, but the the level of speed and the kind of short distance it came from, it took some quick reflexes. And uh, I think it's one you expect to keep it. Yeah, yeah, but like, Pat- but he's still got to do it. Yeah, Patricio that. Uh, Epitomised in being a safe pair of hands mm. and uh, a pair of hands that has got stronger and stronger. I think for for Wolves, I think last season obviously it was great shots up, but um, it was question marks over his distribution. I think that's tightened up as well these mm. days, and uh, he really is a he really is a very good keeper. I think the quality shows in that kind of save when you see where the ball goes afterwards, because there are some keepers who yes they'll react to it and they'll stop it going in. But they will also pat it back into an area where it's a little bit dodgy. Yeah. Whereas with Patricia, we didn't have any of that, did we? Exactly, exactly. And uh, four marks to him for that because it's just another example of the um, of the pro- of the progress he's made. I think. Mm. I mean, he weren't as I say, he weren't he weren't bad at all last season. But I think he's been he's been key this season. The the number of clean sheets probably isn't where he'd want it to be, but um, he's. Undoubtedly, Wolves is number one keeper these days. Mm. Um, I think there was a, a couple of times last season where he could have said, you know, John Ruddy could be thinking him, himself and look, it's not not to be playing a bit more in the league. But um, yeah, these days it's uh, it's Ruddy, it's a uh, Patricio shirt, and uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, certainly not. Uh, last point. Uh, let's talk about Bournemouth's goal. Cook off the corner, um, gets a step on Johnny, doesn't he? Yeah, just just gets ahead of him, but. Again, it's uh, these kind of things happen. I think it's always disappointing to to concede from set pieces, and you always kind of analyse it. What what could we have done better here? It's done well with the header, to be fair. It's a good header. It's a good header because um, Traore comes across to almost try and you know negate negate 
that he's beaten his man, but he just doesn't just doesn't get up there. No, no, and um, yeah, it's as as, as we say, it's, it's it's one of them that he's he's avoidable, you'd say, but mm. it, it wasn't as if it was a calamitous average, just uh, just something to brush up on in training. Yeah, certainly right. Um, John Martino then, so. You were heading home. You're on your way back. You yeah. know, facing that three, four hour drive. Yeah. Uh, the news breaks. I was. Um, I just arrived home. I was working another game. Nice. Did give uh, Nathan Judah a quick call. Does uh, what's going on with this John Martino news? He says, "Don't worry, mate. Joe's already on it. He's already at the service station." Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It was almost. Well, I say almost. It, it, it was. It, it was almost like I telegraphed it. Um, it, it was. Um, it was impeccable timing, really. I picked up the farm from Nathan, and there was literally a services about like five hundred yards in front of me. <laughs> so I thought, right, this has got to be something. Let's let's veer off onto the services. Yeah, I, yeah. I was due to go there anyway because I thought I'm going to have a Mackey's. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you go for, Chicken Legend? Uh, some like chicken deluxe winter thing. Oh, yeah. It was all right, you know, just pretty standard. Um, but add, add that, add me Mackies, right about Matinho and uh, having a new contract and it's a pretty good Saturday night in my book. Yeah, never has there been a better Saturday night, has there? So um, what are the details, Joe? For those of you, those of listeners who might not know the deals, the, the deal and uh, how long he's going to be hanging around. Uh, 2022, so um, he signed a two-year contract uh, upon coming to Wolves last year uh, from Monaco, as we say, five million, five million uh Firmly well spent, and uh, it was coming to an end uh, at the end of this season. Um, we kind of heard of, of of him being in advanced talks over a new contract quite a while ago now, actually. Mm. Um, we reported it back in probably August, early September time. Yeah. Um, it went quiet for a, a number of weeks, um, but thankfully... Um, all done and dusted uh, this weekend. I mean, trying to find out in terms of how long it's been wrapped up for. I haven't been able to find out that um, whether it's been done for set for a, for a long period of time. But you know, these things just because they've announced on that day doesn't mean it's been signed on that day. Yes, so so it, it will have been wrapped up for uh, a few days at least. I'd, I'd say so. Um, yeah, it, it, it's great news and. Um, you know that that was the big one, really, of the players that mm. you wanted to get tied down, and um, he's tied down now. So that's uh, that's fantastic. Could it be the signing of the season for Wolves? Could well be because the jury's out, isn't it? Over mm. the uh, summer arrivals, um, none of them have really staked uh, a major starting spot now, mm. and we'll have to see what they do in January. Oh, I was speaking about it on here last week that you know some supporters thought they'd spend more than thirty million plus. I struggled to see that myself. I think uh, in January. It's... Yeah, nobody really spends a lot of money today in January. Unless you're really desperate. Yeah, uh, and Wolves aren't I mean, massively desperate. Look where they are in the table. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they in an ideal world you'd like uh, another defender. You'd probably say, mm. but. Even on that front now, Leander Dendonk has just taken to it like a duck to water. I think that mm. position on the right side of the back three for him now is could could well be nailed on for the long term. Mm. And yes, Bolly's injured, but Sais has done a good job in there. You've got Kilman coming through. That yes, the jury's out of the Premier League, but he's looked good so far, and you'd like to keep him around. I think as some sort of option. 
Uh, Ryan Bennett's still in the fold. Vallejo, for me, is not good enough, but um, it's 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 one it's one of them. Uh, yes, you'd like a defender in an ideal world and perhaps another midfielder, but I don't think you necessarily got to break the bank to get him in. So mm-hmm. um, just have a look around, see if something can be done at the right price, and if can, if the if it can, great. You think if Wolves were say nineteenth yeah. in January, then oh, maybe yeah. you could see them spending money because you look at you know the potential of relegation and Wolves aren't going to get relegated no, no far no. far too good for that um, but say they were thinking about it in January then yes you would spend big um, and that's what you normally see you normally see teams in the lower reaches going somewhere to find a strike normally a striker who's going yeah. to try and score them the goals to, to get them out of it and a lot of the time I tell you what it doesn't work no no exactly and I think you know you end up trying to buy these players especially players from the continent and I know it's a cliche, but it, it, it does ring true. I mean, we, we saw how long it took Dendonka to, to settle in. Yeah. Signed in the summer and he hadn't made his first start until I think it was December 28th. Mm. So the, these players do take do take a while, by and large, to, to hit the ground running. And if, you, if you're signing too many, of, uh, too many of them in January and expecting too much too soon, then you often end up with egg on your face. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I think Wolves will have done some forward planning, having a look at the younger market as, as they tend to do mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see what's out there but um, I don't necessarily think they'll be thinking right we've got to get this we've got to get that yes the centre half they would like to do a midfielder they would like to do but I don't think it's necessarily must do mm. at, uh, at this stage anyway yeah certainly not and last one on Matinho um, ageing like a fine wine <laughs> um, how long can he keep going well he's contracted till 2022 and he can you see him getting another deal? After that, I mean, that make him. I think he just turned thirty-six, maybe uh, by the by the end of that. Uh, it's it's a tough one to say. It's a tough it? one it's to tough say. say. I think he could well either way could well end up retiring at Wolves. Maybe he does these few years and then has a year in Portugal before riding off into the sunset. But um, I, I I fully expect him to to play that duration of his contract anyway. Mm. Um, Another year on top of that, that would be fantastic. He'd probably be with a lesser role by then. But uh, yeah, he doesn't look 33, let's put it that way. Yeah, certainly not. Right, let's go on to questions, shall we, Joe? Um, first one comes from King Wolf 84 Can Luke sing his favourite little mix song in honour of Nath? No. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm a dreadful singer. You, you, Everyone would turn off. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Let's talk it, talk it to Nathan about little mix. And I've, got, I've got some tunes, to be fair. They have really. Like, like, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they have they got have. some tunes. And I. What's your favourite? Mine's hair. I don't even know that one. Hair. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Hair. Um, I, I mean, like... I'd sing it, but I'm, no, I, as I said, I like, I'm, I'm not going to sing. Um, what? It's the one I like. It's the one about. Uh, is it power? Power. Oh right. Okay. Power. Yeah, 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 power. That's a bit of a type tapper. Yeah. It's kind of like Justin Bieber. When Bieber released his last album, there were some bangers in there. Yeah. And everyone went from being like Bieber haters to Bieber lovers. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure, isn't it? It's not something necessarily you'd listen to on your uh, own playlist, but if it comes on the radio, you don't mind it. Yeah, I don't turn the radio off, put it that way. Uh, Lee Farr, after Jota's legit goal not being sent to VAR, do you think there should be a time frame for these errors being corrected? You could physically see it was a goal, no one could argue. Yeah, I mean, there's so many... Things that you could improve and tweak about VAR—they just haven't got it right, have they? Um, was it the? There was another example, wasn't there, at the weekend? I'm, I'm trying to think what it was. Um, 
It was the Sterling goal, wasn't he? Mm. I mean, again, that, that, that kind of offside. I mean, from another angle, it looks like Zuma's hand is he's keeping him on. But I, I, we, we, we are splitting hairs. The issue, the issue with the offsides is more of a rule as opposed to VAR, I think. Right. Because it's black and white, isn't it? You're either offside or you're onside. Yeah. Regardless, you can't be a little bit offside. You're either offside or you're not. Unless the rule changes, then VAR won't change that. Yeah, but it, it's it's this this. But bit, stuff like this, where he's flagged, and they've, I mean, from it, what we've been told, they've been told not to. Yeah, but again, you could argue that Sterling is it clear and obvious that he's offside? It, mm. it, it, it's not. You are literally assessing it from about seven seven or eight different angles, if and you taking three minutes to to de- to decide. It's last season. Those were the goals which people weren't moaning about. Yeah, exactly. The goals people were moaning about are the ones where he's five yards offside. Yeah, and the the, the official doesn't flag. I think again. I mean, I know you say you know you're either offside, offside or you're not. But I think with everything that you've got to take into account, the actual frame rates and and the actual ball leaving a player's foot. I don't think it's necessarily. You know, there is kind of a distance of travel from when a, a player has passed the ball. It's not as if it's. It's not hard and fast, is it's it? It's not hard and fast. You know, sometimes there's kind of a few frames without the ball leaving the player's foot who's making the pass. So, mm. yeah, I think you're just opening yourself to, to criticism. And I'm not a fan of VAR. It's going to take something uh, drastic, I think, to turn me around at this point. Um, but would, I think you, it, would you bin it now? I would personally just scrap it, yeah, big time. I, I spoke about it to, to, to Nathan on the podcast last week that... The standard of refereeing in the Europa League has been night and day compared to um, compared to the Prem. Mm. Um, without the VAR undermining the referee and making the referee second guess himself, um, th- there's just been asserted and kind of not commanding referee displays, but what you expect to see, you know, the kind of as le- less intervention, mm. um, but when they do, they explain themselves, and there's now kind of. Think, oh, well, take it to the screen or take it to this or take it to that. A referee's decision is final. Mm. And, um, yeah, the Europa League refereeing, for me, has been chalk and cheese compared to compared to the Premier League uh, refereeing at the moment because I just think refs... It's made refs weaker. Yeah. I think it really has because they're, they're second-guessing everything they're doing. Yeah, they are. Paul Mansell, with Matinho signing a new contract, who is next to be tied down? Has anyone got less than 18 months left other than Ruddy? I had a look at this the other day. Ruddy's out, Ruddy's out at the end of the season. Do you uh, think he gets a new deal? I think it's perhaps 50-50 at this stage. Um, Ruddy, does he... Does he want a new deal? Does he wa- does, That's the question. Does he want a new deal? Does he want to go and play somewhere in the Championship? Um, does he kind of start to wind down and perhaps... Play a bit more of a, a kind of a, a dressing room role, and perhaps to kind of try and lead into a bit of a bit of a more of a guidance role or something like that. The Wolves bringing then bringing another number two to proper properly push Patricio because Bully on the podcast raised this last week that mm. he'd like a he'd like a younger number two to really push um, Rui all the way. So it, it's one of them. I think at, at this stage you'd say it's fifty fifty. Um, there's nothing really to say that he definitely will sign. There's nothing to say he definitely won't. So uh, we'll see with that one. And Kilman, I believe he's out of contract as it stands. Mm. But I fully expect that to get um, to get uh, extended, especially with how he's done in the yeah, team. He's, he's looked good recently. He has. He has looked really good. I mean, we we saw him together, didn't we, in mm. um, Bratislava? And you now for such a 
for such a strange game as it was yeah. um, for someone so in- inexperienced he wasn't thrown off at all and uh, he does the basics well and uh, yeah Kilman I'd keep him around definitely mm. Dave Roberts uh, what did Nuno get wrong in the second half I reckon should have gone 3-5-2 with Kilman left back Sace into midfield Jota off and Vinagre for Otto perhaps um, I think he obviously only made the one substitution, brought Vinagre on for, uh, I believe it was Jota, mm-hmm. um, with a couple of minutes to go. Uh, I think these days, um, especially when you're in a winning position, that um, semi-final against Watford, I, so, sorry to bring it up, yeah. but but it, it is the reference point. You know, he took Jota off in that game, took him off too early, Wolves ran out of steam, and then obviously Watford came back and... Mm. You know, the rest is history. And um, I think, especially when Wolves are leading in games, nobody's necessarily too tired. They've just come off the back of an international break. Yes, players have been away with the countries, but um, I don't think fatigue was necessarily that much of a of a factor. Mm. I think if you've got a strong 11 players out on the pitch and you don't necessarily need see a need to change it, don't change it. And um, fa- I thought fair enough from Nuno on that perspective. Um there is some players on the bench that you could have said, yeah, Vinagre get a few more minutes and, and things like that. But um, Wolves ultimately saw it through, so uh, fair play. Yeah, got through it. Simon Mills, uh, any new news on the stadium redevelopment? Any plans submitted to the council? Uh, nothing concrete at the moment. Um, I know Jeff Shea said earlier on, uh, about summertime now, or perhaps a bit lighter than that, that they were kind of, it was just kind of seeking kind of a, a plan uh, a go ahead kind of with the plans from mm. uh, from the council to kind of you know give them some sort of indication as to what they, they can do when they can do it. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing there's nothing concrete at the moment, and it's it's just a case of seeing how it ticks over into the new year. Wolves said have said in the past that they wanted to get it started next mm. year, um, the redevelopment, but. Again, there's nothing at the moment to say that definitely will take place or definitely won't. So it's uh, it's just a case of keeping a watching brief. Yeah, no need to rush on that either, is there? Um, and let's finish with uh, a hard-hitting question from the, the guys at the Wolves Fancast. The great great Wolves Fancast, by the way. Um, chip, shop, so, chip Shop Sources. Is it wrong to put ketchup on top of curry sauce or is it a taste revolution waiting to happen? I'm guessing they've given it a go. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't venture that territory. I've never ever made such a bold move myself. But um, well, let let us know, Fancascos. Let let us know what it tastes like. Try and convince us to make the uh, make the leap. For me, there's two. You've got two completely different kind of sauce textures there, because a curry yeah, sauce comes yeah. in a pot, doesn't it? It's quite. It's a lot more liquidy than a ketchup. A ketchup, mm. you feel like you could put a splodge of it, and it holds itself. You couldn't put a splodge of curry sauce for me. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's a, kind of a bit more It's more of a, a yeah. dippable sauce, isn't it? Mm. It'd be a it, weird mixture for me. Would be a strange one, but stranger things have happened, I think. that I'd be willing to give it a try. I'm more of a a, a bit of a, a bore when it comes to fish and chips. It's just salt and vinegar for me. I do like a bit of curry sauce. Uh, battered sausage as well, that's quite nice. Mm. So, yeah, chip shop, uh, curry sauce, battered sausage... Uh, not battered chips with it as well. 
I've see, I've never had these orange chips that people go on about in the black country. I know, I know. It, it's been a topic of discussion after these past few weeks as well. But um, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of them either. But uh, they're they're better in small doses. For me, just a large cod and chips. Yeah, yeah, can't go wrong, can you? Simple, simple yet effective. Right. Um, one more segment before we get onto our previews. A double preview, by the way. Double, double, double bubble, double bubble. Lovely. Um, story. That you wrote right before this podcast, right before this podcast. Yeah. Um, there's a, you know, we've seen Mourinho take over at Spurs. I mean, yeah. Um, that the, the 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 last international break of the year is normally a bit of a, a death sentence for some managers, um, and one of them certainly under pressure, at least from the fans, Unai Emery, um, and. Our beloved Nuno, yeah, is one of the f- the leading contenders with the bookies to replace him. He is uh, Skybet have him as the favourite uh, <laughs> to uh, to replace Emery, even though Emery's still in work. Um, classic move, yeah, classic. Um, this is going to happen, isn't it? With how Nuno has done and how Wolves have con- continued to do, despite having the uh, added uh, demands of the Europa League and. Um, his name's going to be in the frame for, for jobs such as these. Mm. Uh, uh, betting odds aren't, aren't to be all and end all. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a, I mean, bookies rarely um, work this stuff off kind of gen, genuine information. They normally just, it's done by, there's some money being put down on this person. Let's uh, reduce the exactly. odds we don't we don't want to have to pay out a fortune. Exactly. And, um, you know, you, you, you're looking at some of the comments. Um, Alex Richards, down seat. Uh, should Emery go? Swims in the wrong circles to uh, Sanelli and Edu at, at Arsenal. Um, but so, somebody of us saying, "Why?" Well, <laughs> I think it was uh, King Wolf eighty four says, "Why would he want to move backwards?" <laughs> um, and then Simon Jones knew now just one cog in a massive machine. Arsenal need to take the lot, which is impossible. Um, isn't Nuno a friend of Fausen as well? Not sure why he'd have any incentive to leave with how our season is going. That's Hollywood on Twitter. Um, so there's obviously, it sparked a little bit of a debate. But for me, um, to get Nuno, there's going to be interest um, as, as long as Wolves continue to, to go as they have been. Mm. Um, I mean, I was looking at that that Spurs one last week and I was thinking, would 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 they go for new now potentially but they're obviously with Mourinho with a name yeah, like yeah, Mourinho yeah exactly, exactly. I mean, and they've got all, it... all credit to Nuno but Mourinho is you yeah. know, another level of manager yeah of it? course and, or at um, least you'd, you'd think so I mean, well, in terms of status in terms of status and worldwide appeal and things like that which clubs are like Tottenham you know as much as the football inside that they are brands aren't they as mm. well so you have to take that into account but um Nuno is going to garner attention. I mean, Marco Silva's on the brink at Everton, but I don't think he'd ever even consider going to Everton over Wolves um, or any other club like that, mm. um, or even like a Leicester if, if Rodgers was to get the job at, say, say an Arsenal or mm. nothing like that. It's going to take a top-level club now. That's uh, that's the only worry with something like this, isn't it? Because it is the Arsenal job, which are, you know, historically a top-four club. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of... See him going. I mean, Allegri's out there still, isn't he? Mm. Um, I, I mean, Mikel Arteta is three to one. Benitez is four to one. Poch is six. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I could see Arteta gaining Avenue now, um, just as because of a, the, the one I have a bit of a long term vision, didn't they? Arsenal. Mm. I think he'd provide that. 
Nuno would as well, but obviously Arteta's very well revered uh, there. And Allegri, there's somebody who's been muted kind of with Arsenal in the past. Yeah. So I think there is there is people out there who I see as more likely candidates than Nuno. But um, Nuno, as we say, he's the top level manager. He's going to get linked with top jobs. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, right, let's get on to our double preview then, Joe. So we've got two games this week. First, uh, The first one, of course... A long trip for us in Braga. All hail Nathan Judah's flight planning skills, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, I asked him about this. Um, I mean, having spoke to a fair few Wolves fans, that not many are making a direct flight to Porto. Mm. Uh, my, but we had the chance, Joe. We had the, we chance. Had the chance. We had the chance. We, uh, As it works at the Express and Star, and we have to kind of submit uh, flight details mm. for then... Nathan to pass through to the people upstairs and then the people upstairs approve it and there you go Um, but we'd suggested I think it was a direct flight from Birmingham uh, to Porto with Ryanair so nothing nothing uh, too uh, too expensive Um, and then I think it was via Barcelona on the way back Um, with with a higher car in between with a higher car in between of course get that in there Um, but we had to wait a few weeks and then we ended up getting Birmingham to Porto via Paris. Which sounds okay. Which you think, oh, you know, a stopover in Paris, uh, you know, just, just have, a, have a drink in the airport, whatever. Except we've got to get from one end of Paris to the other uh, and change airports. In three hours, by in the three way. three hours. Which 9 a.m. on Wednesday. It should be. It should be okay. But if there's any some some sort of hiccup on the way, then we could be in trouble. So um, we might be stopping in Paris. We might be stopping in Paris. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, I think we'll get to Braga and get there in one piece. But um, yeah, it it just throws a little bit of a little bit of a seed of doubt in there. Well, yeah, we're going to be rushing around Paris on Wednesday yeah, morning, aren't we? Um, none of that like for Nuno's lot, of course. They'll uh, no. they'll be chartering their flight over. Um, but onto the game. Um, what are the permutations, Joe? What the Wolves need? Do, you know, if they win, then it's all signed and sealed, isn't it? A point, and it's signed and sealed as well. Um, be nice to get a win, obviously. Uh, Bra- I think Braga are a point ahead as it, as it stands. Mm, yet to lose it, in the competition. It, 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 yeah, yet to lose. I mean, they've done really well. Braga have. They really have. Mm. Obviously, beat Wolves in the um, in the reverse fixture. The opening uh, over the group. Um, I've said it before. I've, I've said it again, and I'll say it again now. I, I didn't think they were they were great that night. Mm. Braga they just set up shop, and uh, Wolves didn't have the answers. Got and then Braga got the goal on the break. Um, but um, they, they've car- they've carried on from where they left off there. I've, mm. You know they've beaten uh, they've beaten uh, Besiktas twice, I believe, and um, which is no mean feat in, in the Europa League, by the way. <laughs> judging by Besiktas as well. Well, Besiktas have been lost every, every game. They've been terrible, um, and then uh, and then drew with uh, with Bratislava, and um, so Wolves, yeah, a point or seal qualification, and you'd back them to beat uh, Besiktas in that last game at, uh, at Molyneux, but. Um, Win this and then beat Besiktas and Gaufre was group winners. That that's that's the uh, that's the perfect recipe which, mm. which you want because gives you the best chance in the next round. Yeah, you go through go through seeded, so um, then you know it gives you the chance of a of a better tie in that in that last uh, last sixteen. But either way, it's um, 
now to, to to say that Wolves would qualify from this group, I, I think everybody would have uh, gladly uh, took it um, from the start um, as group winners or runners up. I think we all expected Besiktas to do a lot better mm. than what they've done. They've been pretty damn rubbish, and um, but Braga, yeah, they've got some decent players. Uh, Galena on the left hand side was really really quick at mm. Molyneux, kind of a there. Trey or Ray if you want um, Horta scored the goal best mate of Ruben Neves mm. and uh, he's a kind of a tricky player on the other side otherwise I think they're just quite solid throughout the pitch I don't think they've got much um, spark about them in terms of you know this is a match winner mm. but the two lads on the wings Horta and uh, Galeno are, you know, are threats with their pace and their trickery so uh, I think they'll be the ones to look out for. And of course, the ground is uh, pretty picturesque as well. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I'm really interested to go and see it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not your your bang average kind of yeah, Premier League Championship style ground, is it? No, it's it's not. It's certainly not, you know, the, the kind of the bowl, if you want, that you become yeah. used to with just different coloured seats over here, uh, some of these grounds. But it's um, it's kind of built into like the side of a side of a... Of a quarry, they yeah. call it the qu- the quarry, and it's it's sort of rock rock face at at one end, and I think it's kind of just like a bit of the same at the other end, mm. not quite as of a, like a sheer uh, vertical kind of rock face, if you want to call it. But um, it's, so it's just the two side stands. Yeah, I tell you what, you never lose a ball though. Oh, exactly. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's. It is one of those grounds that I think it's built for year R four that that that, mm. that that tournament, and it's it's one of those one of those grounds that you kind of it's it's one to visit. Mm. You know, it's um, the atmosphere wise and things like that. It's not kind of like a raucous atmosphere like um, Besiktas was or anything like that. I don't think, but um, you know, it's it's somewhere somewhere that Wolves fans be happy to tick off, and uh, I think it'd be. A, Good day, it's good. Yeah, it'd be very different, very different ground to the one we saw in Bratislava, which is brand new but yeah. like, by all by all accounts. I mean, um, this one very much different. Yeah, I mean, it's I think fifteen years, um, but and it won't have uh, twenty thousand screaming kids in there mm. either. Um, but yeah, strong punishment for racing. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, that, that was just a that was just bizarre from start to finish, wasn't it? But yeah, um, yeah I think this will be this will be. A, a good game, uh, an entertaining one, and I think uh, I'm qu- quite confident that Wolves will come out with a win as well. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you do? Do you go all in on Thursday, um, hope to get three points here, and then maybe rest some players against Besiktas? Because you know, there's a lot of games coming up. Yeah, I think Besiktas will be all. I mean, he's all... not he's not going to go full Carabao Cup, is he? No, I don't think so. But I think the, especially if they um, if they get some sort of results. Uh, if it's if it's just the point that, that gets them through, I think he'll still make a fair few changes for Besiktas. If he, if, he, if he gets the winning Braga, then then I think there'll be a fair few. Won't by won't quite be Carabao Cup levels as mm. as, um, as you say there, but I think we could well see you know Taylor per- Taylor Perry getting at least a good cameo off the bench, if mm. not starting. Uh, your Dion Sanderson's that's where you kind of see them involved again but in terms of Thursday I think he goes relatively strong mm. uh, remains safe so I expect to play despite him being suspended for Sheffield United yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't think there'll be that many changes to be honest I think Wolves can pretty much go go full strength and uh, then have that 
one change for Sunday. We've possibly Benny coming into the back three for for Sace, but um, mm. yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how things go. How do you uh, give me a match prediction then uh, for Braga? I, I'm quite confident. I think they could genuinely come away with a two 0 win. Mm. Um, Braga have scored goals, and you know they have got those threats going forward. I, I keep saying it, but I think Wolves are due a clean sheet now. I, mm. re- I really do. From you know from somewhere, so um, yeah, hopefully it can be in Portugal. I'm going to say three one. Yeah, three one. Yeah, two goal cushion. Lovely. Yeah. I think Jimenez at the moment you're just backing him to score in every game. Mm. Been lovely for for Jota to get that one as well, just to, yeah. just to kind of get him back in that stride. I don't think he's far off at all. Um, but if it, the sooner the sooner the better. Yes, yeah, certainly. And then um, Wolves, Sheffield United, as you said, what a season for the Blades. They've been they've been tremendous, haven't they? They really have. I mean, obviously, you know, we in this job we we try our best to to, to follow you know, as many clubs as we can and just kind of mm. keep the finger on the pulse and see what's happening up and down the country. But I won't lie to you that with Sheffield United coming up, you look at their side and I didn't really know a hell of a lot about a lot of their players. You know, you I mean, John Flex and... On paper, that's a relegation side. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Your Lundstroms and uh, people like that. I mean, the, even like the calibre of signings they were making. Mm. Lise Mousset. Lise Mousset, mm. who, who did absolutely nothing at Bournemouth. And he, he looks... Looks like a world beater for them, yeah. to be honest. He, he's been fantastic. Um, you know, um, some of the players that they've got. I mean, Dean Anderson saw a little bit of him at, at Shrewsbury a couple mm. of years ago, and he, you could tell he kind of had the attitude to to um, make it at the top level. And glad to see him doing well. Uh, but yeah, that, that side it proves that football isn't isn't one on paper. I mean, you look mm. at that. Sheffield United team and you back pretty much every team in the Premier League to beat them mm. um, but they've, they've really got something going uh, with Chris Wilder there and uh, i tell you what he's a manager who should be getting linked to big jobs as well well let's see I think I think we, the difference between you know Nuno and other managers compared to Wilder it's Nuno's in his second year in, mm. in the Premier League and they've done it again I mean yeah. if, if Sheffield United do it again next year then I think he could start to look at Chris Wilde being linked with her jobs as well. But it's it's always that classic second season. That's mm. that's when that's when the real test comes. Um, I've, that's not to say that Sheffield United haven't done well. They've done remarkably. Yeah. Um, and I think they've given themselves, you know, definitely a footing to stay up. I mean, if, if they went down now, it'd be quite the quite the turnaround. But. Mm. Um, yeah, I think they'll stay up. They'll they'll be in the Premier League next season. I think that's when the true acid test comes for for managers like Wilder. Yeah, certainly. You know, it's an interesting style of play at Bramall Lane. Do you think they can uh, cause Wolves problem at Molyneux? Perhaps. I mean, the, it's the, the overlapping centre backs. Yeah, isn't it? which is I mean, the, the thing one, everyone talks about. The one three 0 at Burnley, didn't they? And I mean, they got the draw at Spurs. I mean, they've only lost. I don't think they've lost away from home, have they? Sheffield United. Mm, arguably uh, could have won at Spurs as well. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of Spurs well, fans were thankful that ending ended as a draw. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the Campbell's cause Wolves problems. It's just about uh, negating them and, as much as possible and limiting limiting them to, to, to as few, few as opportunities as, as, uh, as you can. I mean, if you're looking at that Sheffield United side and there isn't, say... Uh, you know, a 10, 15 goal a season striker. I think Moussa has, has done well. Mm. Uh, McBurney's come off the bench and got a couple. Um, but they're not exactly 
there's not a Jimenez in that team yeah, 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 that, yeah. that you think, well, he's good for a goal every game he plays. But uh, they've got goal-scoring midfielders, Lundstrom and Fleck, uh, just seem to want to get in on the act regularly at the mm-hmm. moment. And you you have got those, those full-backs. Um, Baldock get, just gets up and down mm-hmm. relentlessly. I think Stevens is neat yeah, on the other side. Stevens, yeah. So... They've got they've got they've got some good players. They're not exactly household names, um, but having having seen, you know, what I have of them this season, which isn't a great amount, but I've seen them on the telly a few times now. That they've, they've got a lot of energy about them, and they've got a bit of class as well. So uh, I think it'll be a tough game. Yeah, and as you, as you said before, Lisa Musa in fine form. One thing I would say about the Blades is, you know, we saw them against Man United where they went two up, um, and there was a couple times last season as well where they looked comfortable. And they took the foot off the gas and they threw things away. Yeah, um, I think the big one last season, if you remember, was there were three nil up at Villa Park and then they ended up drawing three all in about yeah. thirteen minutes. Equally against Man United the other day, they had a two goal lead, threw that one away, and then McBurney popped up right at the end. So even if you are a goal or two down, there's always that way back in. Yeah, and and that and that, that kind of stands with the with the kind of the theme that Wolves have had as well because. They've gone beyond a, a lot a lot of times this season. Wolves have, and mm. they've got points. Um, it's so many one-one draws that they've been this season before these two wins that we've had on the spin, and they've all came from from being behind. Mm. Um, so, if Wolves do go do go a goal down at Molyneux to Sheffield United, which is plausible, um, you know, I don't necessarily be down and out about it because um, Wolves have the character to fight back as we as we've seen so many times and, mm. and as you say Sheffield United have a bit of a tendency uh, not to hold on to the lead mm, yeah right give me a prediction then to finish up uh, I think I think we're just going to sneak a 2-1 I think mm. I think Sheffield United as we say not got a ma- massive number 9 out and out goal scorer in them but I think they have got goals coming from different areas uh, It's not they're not exactly relying on one person but three or four are kind of sharing the load so uh, I think they've got a goal in them but I think Wolves have got uh, more quality and uh, and hopefully a bit more character so a 2-1 I'll go interesting interesting I'm, I was tempted to go for a draw mm-hmm. I don't know maybe it being at Molyneux maybe just gives it to Wolves yeah yeah 2-1 come on 2-1. Two, 2-1, one. Two, oh, one. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Right, I just about does us, Jonas. You got anything else to add? No, that's it. That's it. It's been, it's been lovely. Let's uh, get some sleep tomorrow and let's uh, go, to, uh, go to Portugal for a Wolves victory qualification for the knockout stage of the Europa League. Bring on Gdansk. Yeah, bring on Gdansk indeed. Right, that just about does it from us. As always, uh, like and review the podcast. It really does help if you give us a review on iTunes as well. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll see you in Braga. See ya.